<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes that's right jsc exclusives you'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else for ten dollars or more per episode now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show you got a business you want me to talk about it i want you to sponsor my show for ten dollars hit me up send me the script i'm putting you over plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. Hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith, and I'm the host of a new show here on RVN TV called Jay Scott Confidential. It's a sports show that doesn't always stick to sports. Every week, we'll talk about the biggest topics in the sports world, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or whatever. Plus, we'll have some great guests, we'll have a few laughs. In fact, we're going to have a lot of fun. So every Saturday at 12 noon, right here on RVN TV, it's Jay Scott Confidential. And I promise, not to keep it inside of us. This is JSC Radio. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is JSC Radio, and uh, after everything that's gone on the last week in the world of sports, and just in general, I figured, how about I just decide to cut all the BS out of the way, and we get this show started with a bang. And George drills this one deep to left center field. You can kiss that one goodbye. A two-run home run for George Springer, and the Astros lead it. And Roberts can't get to the mound quick enough. He wishes he had a moped at this point. Another home run for George Springer. His fifth here in the World Series. And Darvish is getting beaten to a pulp. On behalf of all of us at Major League Baseball, I want to congratulate the Houston Astros on their first ever World Series championship. So without further ado, I'd like to present Jim Crane with the first ever Commissioner's Trophy for the Astros. Down and goal from the five. Keep it on the ground. The hesitation pays off with a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell just picking and threading his way and waiting to see what the blocking provides. And <laughs> a little recline. And little bench pressing off the back of uh, Smith Schuster from shotgun on fourth and goal and Stafford stepping up and he's going to get taken down at the two yard line what a stand on a third down and nine 
foot. Trying to pin him deep. And Roethlisberger gives him a lot of room here. Juju Smith-Schuster off to the races. Inside the 30, the 20, the 10. Touchdown. 97 yards. I love Cardi B just like everybody else. But Cardi B don't know shit about the spirit of Detroit. She ain't even received the Spirit of New York award yet. What the fuck is we giving her an award for about the spirit of our city? Pitch on the way. Round ball right side into the shift to his left Altuve. Has it in short right. Throws to first. And the Astros are 2017 World Series champions. For the first time ever, the Astros are baseball's best. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith and this is the 54th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome once again, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, the first episode of the month of November, the first episode, or should I say the lead-in episode to the first ever edition of J. Scott Confidential on RVN TV that's coming up tomorrow, this damn weekend, November 4th. How the hell is everyone doing? Los Angeles, I hope you're feeling all right. I know it's been a tough-ass last couple of days. Trust me, I've been where you are. I know that feeling very well. I was there five years ago with my Tigers. It sucks. But your team's in a lot better position to get back there going forward than my Tigers are right about now. So I can't feel too sorry for you. Let me get some of the housekeeping out of the way. Once again, I want to thank everybody who supports the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, if you will. Hit that subscribe button, and you don't have to do another damn thing. Also, those people who are supporting the show on Google Play, on Stitcher Radio, on the Chorus app, on all of your smartphones. Be sure to go look in the App Store for Chorus, C-H-O-R-U-S. Download that and you can simply go seek out JSC Radio and you can get us on there too. It updates just like everywhere else. So be sure to go check out the Chorus app. Let's not forget, of course, the originator, the home, soundcloud.com slash JSC Radio. And naturally, I want to thank each and every one of you who support the show on jscottsmith.com. Calm, damn it. And if you want to help this show continue to grow on the grassroots level, patreon.com slash JSC radio. So what the hell are we talking about this week? You already know what the hell we're talking about this week. I shouldn't need to tell y'all that. You know what this is. You know what this is about. One of the damnedest World Series. Well, at least for the first six games, one of the damnedest World Series you would ever see just went down. And as you heard there in the intro, we have new world champions, first-time champions, the Houston Astros. Even though I still insist that they're a National League team that just beat another National League team, they're your world champions. Congratulations, I guess. I mean, apparently Sports Illustrated was hip to this three years ago before everyone else was when the Astros were still a bottom-feeding team getting blasted a hundred times a year. He saw this coming. And to give them credit, they did. Sports Illustrated called it the Astros, the world champions. Won 101 games. That World Series was, was something. 
It was something. I thought last year's World Series, with all the energy and the history at stake, where you have these two old-ass franchises, the Cubs and the Indians, who've been around so long that their last championships came prior to the end of Jim Crow. And with the Cubs coming out and winning it, it, it was an amazing deal last year. The thing about this year's World Series is the Dodgers had, it's not even about the history thing, albeit the Astros had never won a title, and the Dodgers haven't won a championship since 1988, so you don't have that sort of timing. It's just that these are two, maybe the two best teams, or the the matchup of the two best teams that you've seen in a World Series in decades. In fact, it had been since 1970, since the two World Series participants had won 100 or more games. 205 wins between these two teams. Of course it was going seven. And the first six games of this damn series were something special. I, I got a kick out of going on social media, getting on Twitter. By the way, follow me at J. Scott Smith. You can also follow the show at JSC Radio. That how so many people seem blown away by how fun baseball is and how exciting baseball is. I've been telling y'all that. Been telling y'all that for years. Baseball at its peak is the best. Not football, not basketball, not hockey, even though Stanley Cup playoffs are incredible in their own right. Not any other sport, not college football, college basketball, none of that shit. When Major League Baseball, especially in the American League and National League Championship Series, especially in the World Series, it can be some of the most fun shit there is. And you saw that just watching how Twitter was reacting to what was going on in the late innings of Game 2 or how Kershaw just mowed that team down in Game 1 or how wild Game 3 was, even down to catching Yuri Gurriel dropping that horribly racist slant eyes thing on Yu Darvish and essentially Kenta Maeda the other Japanese player on the team, to the Dodgers scoring five runs in the ninth in game four, to game five, which was probably the damnedest thing I've ever seen in terms of a baseball game. A 13-12 game was your final, where the Astros fall behind 4 nothing, come all the way back to tie it, then fall behind 7-4, come back to tie it. The Dodgers get up again, then the Astros take the lead, then the Dodgers come back to tie it. And just home runs. And I don't mean just home runs. I mean bombs being hit. And in the case of the one that I think it was, I think it was Guriel. It was either Guriel or Springer. Hit a legitimate bomb. A literal bomb going off when the damn thing hit the train tracks. And the game ends 13-12. To game six where the Dodgers strike back. And Jock Peterson is hitting the money sign on home runs. That's another thing. And I mentioned it last week. And I've mentioned it multiple times before. And I mentioned it back when I did the episode on the World Baseball Classic back in the spring. The emotion. That's what made this World Series stand out. Because whether people in this country like it or not, and whether the baseball purists like it or not, baseball is is a brown game. Baseball is a Latin game. If We could get more of us in there. Baseball would be a very fun game for the African-American community. By the way, World Series MVP, George Springer. 
one of just two black players for the Houston Astros. The other is Cameron Mabin, former Tiger. The other one is Cameron Mabin, and he didn't join the damn team till late August. So George Springer was the only black man on this team for most of the year, and he had the type of World Series that you pretty much can put into Cooperstown. When your World Series performance has the names Reggie Jackson and Willie Stargell associated with it, ironically, two of the greatest players ever, also two of the best African-American players ever, when, when those guys are associated with what you're doing in a World Series, you're living right. But baseball is a black game. Baseball is a brown game. Baseball is the type of game that is supposed to be international and diverse. And to see the energy that comes through on those home runs. Yes, I said it last week. Charlie Culberson looked like a doofus running around the bases, jumping up and down, looking like a five-year-old. But I would rather you jump up and down and look like a five-year-old than stoically just trot around the bases and you shake hands and all that other BS. We saw it from both teams. When the Astros hit home runs, that damn dugout explodes and dudes are running out on the field. When the Dodgers hit home runs, that dugout explodes and they're running onto the field. Even the third base coach getting in on the act on the high fives. That's what drives baseball. That's what could drive a renaissance for baseball in this country. Well, that and if you, you know, could make the game more affordable to kids who live in the inner cities and in depressed areas and make the game available for children of color, particularly black and and Latino kids living in cities like Philadelphia and Detroit and Chicago and New York. I mean, yeah, you want to make sure you do that, too. But you start doing that. You start reaching out to kids. You start reaching out to kids who are these really good athletes. And in sports like football and hockey, where your mental and physical health are in danger pretty much the second you get out there. There are these amazing athletes and there are these amazing opportunities in baseball. And that's what the World Series, at least the first six games, was. That was a chance to kind of reaffirm why that sport is my favorite. Why I could sit and watch a baseball game in the middle of the winter before I could sit and watch a regular season NHL game or a regular season NBA game, unless you know it's certain teams. Game seven, needless to say, didn't quite match the intensity of last year's. Didn't quite match the intensity of the Giants and the Royals. It, it didn't exactly hit on the Diamondbacks and Yankees in terms of energy and intensity. That thing was a foregone conclusion, and as you heard in the intro, you Darvish, Oi, oi, he was not ready for the moment. And the Astros took advantage of it, scored five runs, and really, that game was over before Springer jumped ship and clinched the MVP award for himself. But Darvish didn't have it. And of all the nights for you not to have it, you can't come out there and give up five in an inning and two-thirds. That That's just not going to play well. But then you got to get Clayton Kershaw quickly up and going and get him in there for the third inning, and Kershaw does Kershaw things. Kershaw does what Kershaw does and kept them in it. The Astros didn't score again after Springer hit that home run, but it was too late. Now the Astros are world champs. And Justin Verlander, who spent about 85 to 90% of the season playing for a Detroit Tiger team that would lose 24 of its final 30 games, he got out at the last possible second in September. Well, in August, really. And he ends up as a world champion. Yeah, that hurt. Because he should have gotten at least one in Detroit. 
And every time I see him, and I brought this up last week, and yes, I'm going to turn this into a Tiger thing because this is going to be a very Detroit-centric show. It usually is, but it's really going to be this week. I think about that pitching staff that Tiger that Tiger team had five years ago. The Tigers were in the World Series. Five. They got swept. Don't remind me. And that's what actually makes it more stunning. The Detroit Tigers had a starting rotation in that World Series of Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Doug Fister, Rick Porcello. Three literal Cy Young winners plus Doug Fister. They didn't win one game. They got swept. Swept! How on earth do you get swept with that team? That Tiger team is one that I would have put out there against any of these teams who made the playoffs this year. Yes, I'm including the Astros. They got swept! You talk about a missed opportunity. The Tigers made two World Series with Verlander and probably should have made at least two more. They got swept. You want to know what else happened five years ago? The Houston Astros lost 107 games. The Chicago Cubs lost 101. It was the rarest of rare instances where a team lost 100 games and did not finish in last place in their division. Fast forward five years, and who are our last two world champions? The Chicago Cubs and the Houston Astros. And who's sitting at the bottom of the majors? The goddamn Detroit Tigers. And for the looks of things, they're going to be there for a while. It's, a, it's just un, unreal. Baseball season's over. Now we're heading into the heart of college football season. We're heading into the heart of the NFL season. The NBA is just getting moving. And coming up after this break, you knew they were going to get it. And the whole point of the original point of this episode was to, unfortunately, take a lot of you Stafford simps to task after what happened to the Lions on national TV on Sunday night. While everybody else is watching an incredible World Series game, I'm watching the Detroit Lions drunkenly stumble all over the place. So you knew damn well I was going to get in here and dig in on them. Plus, I will have a quick word on Cardi B finally forcing me to say her name on this podcast because the city of Detroit decided to do city of Detroit things and give her an award that she just didn't deserve. My name is Jay Scott Smith and this is the 54th episode, episode 54 of JSC Radio. And we'll be back after this. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hey now, my name is Jay Scott Smith, and I'm the host of the new show here on RVN TV called Jay Scott Confidential. It's a sports show that doesn't always stick to sports. Every week, we'll talk about the biggest topics in the sports world, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or whatever. Plus, we'll have some great guests, we'll have a few laughs, in fact, we're going to have a lot of fun. So every Saturday at 12 noon, right here on RVN TV, it's Jay Scott Confidential. And I promise, not to keep it inside of Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, 
Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40 thousand news entertainment and sports shows such as jsc radio you can create custom playlists you can rate and review this show and others on stitcher please drop a friendly review on the show not only is stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets it's also in over four million car dashboards it's on demand and on the go no downloading no syncing no wasted memory on any of your devices you can stream your favorite podcasts like jsc radio for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. On a third down and nine. Detroit trying to pin him deep. And Roethlisberger gives him a lot of room here. Juju Smith-Schuster off to the races. Inside the 30, the 20, the 10. Touchdown. 97 yards. Yes, you already knew at some point I was going to have to talk about them. This is episode 54 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. J. Scott Smith here. You can follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith. You can follow the show at JSC Radio. Be sure to shout out RVN TV. Follow them at Radio Vision One. That's Radio Vision underscore one on the Twitter machine. Shouts out to my man, Doc Gillingsworth, who's been killing all these beats that you hear on the show each and every damn week. You can follow him at Illingsworth. Also, happy birthday to my man, Rufio Jones. You can get at him at Rufio Jones. Shout out to, of course, Sean Uppercut, whose birthday is actually tomorrow. The entire Detroit City crew, what up, though? The entire city of Detroit, what up, though? I'll get to y'all at the end of this segment. Also want to be sure to remember... Be sure to hit up the Patreon page, patreon.com slash JSC Radio. And as always, I want to thank everybody who subscribes, whether it's on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, or on Audio Boom, or anywhere else you can get this damn podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you. Damn it. Thank you. So, as one of the all-time great World Series games is being played last Sunday night, I had to be the glutton for punishment. I had to be the guy who was going to split time between that incredible World Series game and whatever the hell that was that NBC was showing that was supposed to be an NFL game that featured the Pittsburgh Steelers, Stullers, Pittsburgh Stullers against the Detroit Lions. And you heard it there. Here's the thing. I have... Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and relitigate that game. You heard the clips. You know what it was. Besides, not really a hell of a lot to talk about. Other than the fact that the Detroit Lions, who have, to, at least for right now, still have the highest paid player in NFL history as their starting quarterback, managed to get nearly 500 yards of offense in between the 20s. But once they got into that red zone, it was like a big-ass force field just suddenly surrounded the end zone, and they couldn't get in. Nearly 500 yards of offense. They did not score a single touchdown. Meanwhile, a dude named Juju Smith-Schuster, a brother who can't even seem to keep an eye on his bicycle, was able to get on his horse and outrun two defenders 
for about the better part of 70 yards on what turned out to be the back-breaking TD. This comes after resident super genius Jim Caldwell refused to go for the field goal that would have given them at the time a 15-13 lead. Instead, he wanted to go for the gusto and score the touchdown, and Stafford got stoned at the du- at the deuce. Got stoned at the two. And then three plays later, after Roethlisberger had missed his tight end wide open running free down the middle, he hit Schuster down the middle, and the rest was history. The Lions had multiple opportunities to try to take the lead to do what they seemingly always want to do. They never just want to get out in front and beat a team, save for the Giants. They don't just want to get out in front and beat a team. They always want to kind of fall behind, spot a team to lead, linger, hang around, hang around, and try to steal it at the finish because they're the cardiac cats and Matthew Stafford has the, has the, has the most comeback wins and all and, and we if it ain't rough, it ain't right, and that's just the way we like it. We like to come back in Detroit versus everybody and shut up. As I've been saying for the better part of a calendar year, you cannot live this way. You cannot win this way. You cannot rely on always coming from behind and stealing it right at the finish. That's not the path to success. Matthew Stafford has all these come-from-behind victories, all these late come-from-behind two-minute drill wins. No one seems to ask the obvious question of why the hell is he always trailing late in games? Well, now you see why he's trailing late in games. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers is essentially dead. The Chicago Bears are what they are. A mediocre football team that's probably going to end up being 5-11 and or 6-10 and is their best case scenario. The only team in your way, really, are the Minnesota Vikings, who you've beaten straight up, yet somehow managed to be two and a half games behind. This is setting up to be just like 2013, except worse, because in 2013, the Lions actually had the division lead and then blew it. It's even worse than it was last year when they had the division lead and blew it. This year, they're going to be hard-pressed to get that lead back because I don't care how, how much the Lions apologists and optimists are out here just trying to make this case that things aren't that bad and they'll still win the division. I always will have this simple, inescapable truth. They are the Lions. And what you saw Sunday night is another example. All that pixie dust, all that BS, all that foolishness that they did last year, that escaping at the very back end of a game, pulling those Houdini acts, as I like to call it. Here's the problem, people. They won eight games last year that way. Eight. They only had nine wins last season. Eight of them came by stealing it at the finish. You couple that with the seven games they actually lost last year. That means in 15 of the 16 games they played, They were trailing in the fourth. 15 out of 16 games trailing in the fourth. To win eight of them is a whole lot of luck and a whole lot of good fortune. And you cannot have those two things continue to show up. But that's what the Lions simps and the Stafford simps, and I'm going to get to y'all in a second. That's what y'all don't seem to understand. Last year was an anomaly. Last year was they go out and win a bunch of games they have no business winning, and they still couldn't do it when it mattered. They pulled all those crazy-ass comebacks yet when they got to the playoffs, and all you got to do is go back to January for that episode. When they got to the playoffs, what happened? 
they got stomped out by the Seattle Seahawks. A Seattle Seahawks team that wasn't even really trying that hard to kick their ass. But I got to sit here and listen to Lions apologists and Stafford lovers and people who just don't want to hold his feet to the damn fire. They've been coddling and babying and making excuses for this clown for almost a decade. They romanticize him running back into a game with one arm against the equally terrible Cleveland Browns nine years ago as this proof that he's our quarterback. He's our man. He hadn't won a damn thing. Not one. Nothing. How many division titles has he won? Zero. How many playoff games has he won? Zero. He's got three winning seasons. That's it. Oh, but he doesn't have enough help. Jay, you don't understand. He doesn't have enough help. They got to give him more help. They got to give him more weapons. Okay, fine. Then you need to cut that paycheck. You need to bring him down and pay him like every other mediocre middle-of-the-road QB who needs the perfect receivers and the perfect running back and the perfect offensive line and the perfect tight ends to be able to actually function. Because I don't want to hear that shit. He's the highest paid player in the NFL. Ever. He's paid more than Tom Brady. He's paid more than Carson Wentz, who's going to make a boatload of money when it's his time to make some bread here in Philadelphia. You name the QB, Stafford is paid more than him. So I don't want to hear he needs help. He is the help. You want to give him all the damn credit when they make one of those stupid comebacks of theirs where they spot a team of 17 or 20 or like they did in New Orleans, a 35-point lead, and then they try to storm all the way back to look like heroes. You want to give him all the credit when they fall all the way behind and suddenly they they stumble and bumble the, their way back into games? Then guess what? He eats most of, if not all, the blame when they lose. It don't work that way. Only in Detroit can a guy skate like he has. They pay him like he's won two Super Bowls despite the fact that he hasn't won one playoff game. That he has not put one banner in those rafters. And no, I don't count playoff appearances, and thankfully, the Lions don't anymore either. So no, Stafford simps and Stafford lovers, I'm not going to go easy on him. No, he doesn't need any more help. Not when I've seen lesser quarterbacks do more. When I've seen better quarterbacks do more. I don't want to hear this shit. I don't. I don't. I don't want it. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for you trying to condescend to me, and please don't do that. Don't. Don't condescend to me and talk down to me. I get what exactly this is going on. I sat through terrible Lions seasons. I've sat through terrible Lions quarterbacks. I've sat through a couple of good Lions quarterbacks. And I've sat through a number of pretty good Detroit Lions seasons. I know my way around this thing. I've sat through a lot of good NFL seasons. I know good NFL quarterbacks when I see them. You want to know where a good NFL quarterback is? About 10 minutes away from here where I am over in Lincoln Financial Field with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz ain't running around out here with Calvin Johnson as his wide receiver. He ain't got all pro running backs. So I guess LeGarrette Blunt is. But he's a, he's a little bit past his prime. He's a little long in the tooth. He doesn't have all pro receivers and all pro tight ends and all pro offensive linemen. He doesn't have the perfect setup. Yet, strangely, the Eagles are 7-1. and one. And the Eagles look really damn good. Carson Wentz is everything that the Detroit Lions think Matthew Stafford is. But better. Period. He doesn't make excuses about, I don't have enough help. Here in Philly, they weren't trying to hear that. And last year was his rookie year when he could have legitimately said, or you could have legitimately said he didn't have enough help. But strangely enough, this boy's getting it done now and a hell of a lot faster than Stafford did. 
I don't hear this crap about Stafford needs all this help. Good. Then, then don't pay his ass $135 million. Don't pay him $27 million a year if he needs all this help. If you're paying him $27 million a year, he better be Joe Montana or Tom Brady or Steve Young. He better be out here like Dan Fouts in the early 80s. At least win a damn division title. He, he needs to be out here like Russell Wilson. He needs to be out here like Deshaun Watson before this terrible injury bug. And I'll get to that too. That This terrible injury bug took him out in practice yesterday. Practice. We said they're talking about practice. Yes, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. I'm tired of this. The excuse making for Matthew Stafford. I'm so damn sick of this they went out there on sunday night on national tv and embarrassed themselves the score will not indicate that they got embarrassed but that was an embarrassing performance that was an embarrassing game and i took time away from one of the great world series games not the greatest world series game game 6 1986 will always be the greatest world series game to me game 7 in 1991 game 6 with the cardinals and the, and the Rangers, those are all better than that game five because those other three were all potential closeout games and game seven was the closeout game. But that was an amazing display. And I, I'm sitting here taking time back and forth watching the Lions vomit all over themselves as soon as they get inside of the 20-yard line while the Steelers are out here scoring touchdowns from half a damn mile away. They're out here scoring touchdowns from Oakland County while the Lions can't punch it in from the two. He needs more help. As much as you pay him, Stafford better be able to throw it into the end zone, catch it, and run it in himself. Since you think he's that damn good, despite having never actually done anything. God's sakes. I didn't think I'd... I knew an episode like this was coming, because there was at least one or two in me last year. But then the Lions messed around and started winning some games and confused me and made me look like a fool ass. Well, not this time. They're three and four. (laughs) And... And the only guaranteed win they've got maybe for the next month is Cleveland. Because Cleveland is god-awful. Cleveland, that's at home. The Lions better score 40 points in that game. Because Cleveland is terrible. Terrible. But they go to Green Bay next Monday night. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're just going to walk into Green Bay and win. This is the same franchise that sent a super-powered Matthew Stafford, probably peak Stafford, into, into Lambeau a few years ago, and he got outdueled by Matt Flynn. So I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and think the Green Bay's not going to beat them. That's a toss up. Thanksgiving, they got Minnesota. That's a toss up. Minnesota might beat them. The Lions ain't walking around here with the benefit of the doubt, despite the fact that everyone seems to think they deserve it, even though they never actually earned anything. So that's where we are right now with them. But I mentioned it a second ago. What the hell's going on in the NFL with these injuries this year? I mean, there's injuries in the NFL every year, obviously. But this one has been a little bit more insidious. I mean, the NFL itself has just got all sorts of bad mojo going on between the asinine responses by people to the very legitimate protests during the National Anthem, but not of the National Anthem by the players, to the owners being complete and total scumbags by and large, including the likes of Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder and Bob McNair. Oh, boy. Aren't you a champion? Bob McNair, mister, the inmates are running the prison. We don't want the inmates running the prison. And he had to try to walk that back and did a terrible job of it. So much so that the team damn near walked out on him. That's bad. 
That's really bad. And what else is bad is that apparently that terrible mojo following the Houston Texans, which has already claimed J.J. Watt, claimed Deshaun Watson during practice. Yes, damn it, practice. Claimed his ass during practice on Thursday while they were just running a simple play, leg gave, boom, season over. And he was one of the best young rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. He came in like a house of fire and boom, done. I mean, he was looking good. They had the Texans looking like a real football team. And now their season is shot. If, if Jacksonville doesn't win that division, I don't know. I don't know what else you could say. It would be Lions-esque if Jacksonville didn't finish that job. I mean, between Aaron Rodgers, gone. Odell Beckham Jr., gone. Deshaun Watson, gone. J.J. Watt, gone. And that's just off the top of my head. That's not counting all the other gnarly and ridiculous injuries that have happened. They're just taking dudes out left and right. Teddy Bridgewater been gone for more than a year. Sam Bradford, gone. That's another thing. Sam Bradford's been gone. And the Lions still can't seem to make that up. This is awful. It's awful, awful, awful. The NFL, it's almost like if you don't do right by cap, this is what's going to happen to you. Because this league has been getting ravaged. And it's sad. Because a lot of great players have been just getting picked off left and right and not sure what to make of it. Kickers getting hurt. Punters getting hurt. Everybody getting hurt. And it's not like they're out here getting hurt on, on legal hits or on play, on bang-bang plays on the field. You got guys getting hurt in practice and getting hurt on general tackles. You had the, the tight end for the Bears, Zach Miller. Nearly lost his damn leg. What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, this is a bad, bad scene. You got Papa John's blaming his... Terrible sales on on black players protesting, despite the fact that his sales have actually been going down well before the NFL season started. And every pizza every pizza company's Twitter has been banging on Papa John's, whether it's Pizza Hut, whether it's Domino's. Hell, DiGiorno got in on the action, and rightfully so. Let him have it. Don't be sitting here blaming that crap on player protests. Knowing damn well ain't nobody been messing with your with your substandard pizza for at least a decade. How about you work on getting your employees some health care, too, while you're at it, jackass. And speaking of jackasses, I'm going to close this show by talking about Brenda Jones. She's a member of the Detroit City Council, a body I used to cover when I worked as a reporter in my home city of Detroit. Well, a lot of you might have heard about this, that somehow late last week, Cardi B, the rapper who everybody's talking about, the rapper that I'm honestly so sick of hearing about. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. But I'm tired of hearing about her. She ain't that good. She's got one damn song that is way too damn popular. And now y'all act like she's the single greatest thing to ever hit hip-hop. When I can tell you of five different female MCs that are better than her. Oh, but I know what you're saying. But come on, Jay. How can you not like Cardi B? She makes money moves. I don't give a shit. I don't. The show, the, the, the song is stupid. It's stupid. This is not some feminist anthem, not some feminist manifesto, not some empowering. No, it's just a, it's just a mediocre club rap song that just got played to death. But you know what? That's what music is. It's cyclical and things change. I get it. I know. And by the way, it's the lazy millennial argument. Oh, you're just old. You don't get this music. No, shut up. Please understand, you can't sit here and try to make fun of somebody of my age for, quote, not getting your music. Oh, I get it. I just don't like it. Ten years ago, when I was 28 as opposed to 
Well, actually, I was 27 at the time. But 10 years ago when I was 27, as opposed to 37, 38 like I am now, I left Urban Mainstream Radio at 27 because I was fed up with how crappy the music was. That's still considered young, even though in some radio circles it's not. But that's still considered young. The song that chased me out was Soldier Boys. You already know what song it is. I don't even need to continue. You already know what song I'm talking about. Because it chased a lot of people away from urban mainstream music. Because it was bad. Not because, oh, you just can't handle the youth and these young talents. And all you want to be is stuck in the past and stuck in the old days. No, see, that's what a lot of those yes men who work in rap radio and rap journalism like to say. Because they want to be able to suck up to whoever is putting music out there so they can get interviews. I don't owe anybody a damn thing, so I'm just going to say it point blank. A lot of this current music is trash. But it gets over because it has the right marketing, the right promotion, and the right audience to listen to it and take it in. A combination of youngsters and washed old people who are my age or a little bit older trying to still be hip and listening to crap like this. But that's my commentary on Cardi B and on a large amount of rap in and of itself. Mind you, I think there's a lot of young cats out here who are doing really dope shit, but they don't get the pub or the press, male or female. They don't get the pub or the press that people like Drake and Cardi B get all the time because they make money moves. I don't give a shit about that song. Or who you're talking to. I don't care. But what bothers me, and why I'm bringing this girl up, and no, I don't care that she was a stripper. Guess what? Strippers get their life together every day, B. This ain't nothing new. What she's doing is not extraordinary. It's not. Strippers get out the game every single day and do other things with their lives. In her case, she just became an Instagram model and got on a reality show and somehow got a rap song over. Congratulations. You got a rap song over that's super catchy for about 10 seconds. Great. Cat's been doing that for about 15, 20 years. It's cool. But don't sit here and act like this is the greatest rap song ever made or she's the first female rapper to go number one since Lauryn Hill in 1998. Well, for one, that's more of an indictment on the music industry than it is credit to what she's done. Because again, there are far better women who got far less of a shot than Cardi B. It just so happened to be she's right place, right time, bingo. So on that end, fine. She did what she did. She's over. That's cool. It's good for her. I'm not, I'm not spending money on her so, to, to hear her one song. I'm not going to go see her perform her one song anywhere else. It's just not my thing. The reason I'm talking about her, though, has nothing to do with the music, strangely enough, because if it were just that, I'd have brought it up months ago. The reason I'm bringing this up, and you heard it in the intro, by the way, is Brenda Jones, as I mentioned before, before I got off on that tangent, is a member of the Detroit City Council. And about a week ago or so, word got out that Cardi B, who is from the Bronx in New York, was given a Spirit of Detroit Award by the Detroit City Council. I will stress, Cardi B is from the Bronx, not Detroit. I don't know if she's ever even been to Detroit. But somehow she got a Spirit of Detroit Award that's often given to community leaders and teachers and people who've done extraordinary things for the city. Some rap artists and singers and performers have gotten the award too, but they've often gotten it because they've done exceptional things for the city of Detroit. Cardi B has done nothing of merit or nothing that we know of. This was so egregious that even the Cardi B fans in Detroit were like, wait, what? Why would you give her a Spirit of Detroit award? Because we'll we prefer our city to her. We're always gonna we're always gonna protect the we're gonna protect the shield of Detroit before we protect 
Cardi B. We'll protect our own rappers for the most part, but we're sure as hell not protecting somebody from not in Detroit getting a Detroit award. And then we got this guy over at 107.5, Hot 107.5, who I guess they were the ones who were championing Cardi B getting a Spirit of Detroit award. Let me stress this again. Cardi B is from the Bronx. Bronx a long way from Seven Mile. But somehow she gets a Spirit of Detroit award because this station lobbied for it and got one member of the city council to sign off on it, which is absurd. And their rationale, their reasoning is, quote, well, she does a lot of things for schools, but she just may not talk about them. You ever thought about that? Well, guess what, Sunshine? If you're going to be giving out a Spirit of Detroit Award, an award that's usually given to teachers or civic leaders or business owners who actually have a connection to the damn city of Detroit, would it be too much to ask that if she's doing these things for Detroit schools that you say she's, the, she's doing things for schools, she's going to need to tell us what she's doing. She's going to need to actually show, you need to show us what the hell's going on. This whole, well, she, she does stuff, she just doesn't talk about it. Well, now you need to start talking. I'm going to let Royce the 5'9", one of my favorite hip-hop artists, period. In fact, I'd honestly say he's probably maybe the second best rapper besides M to come out of the city. I'm going to let Royce tell, the, tell his whole piece because he says it a lot better than I do. And he says it with a lot more, a little bit more fire behind it. Detroit, when y'all going to cut it out with the goofy shit? When are we going to stop being so politically correct? This is not a politically correct business. This record industry does not care about Detroit. Where do you think the no-fly zone came from? Where do you think Detroit versus everybody came from? If we don't put action behind those words, they're just letters on a shirt. Nothing more than letters on a shirt. I love Cardi B just like everybody else. But Cardi B don't know shit about the spirit of Detroit. She ain't even received the Spirit of New York Award yet. What the fuck is we giving her an award for about the spirit of our city? I'm a Spirit of Detroit Award recipient. That took some of the umph out of it for me. Y'all got to stop it, man. Y'all got to stop it. We must stop it. We got to start looking out for our own artists. That's the only way we're going to move as a city. When are y'all going to see that? Look, man, I ain't got a problem if you're going to give her an award. Have her win an award in New York because that's where she's from. If she's going to do something for the city of Detroit... How about she get her ass out there and actually show us? If not, you radio stations are trying to pump up Cardi B and make her into this this legend, this superhero, that I even think she's tired of hearing her name so much. Just stay out of it and don't disrespect my city. And that's real. I'm saying that while wearing the size 7 and 3 8 road Detroit Tiger cap with the orange Old English D, the finest logo in all of professional sports. And I'm telling you right now, I ain't got no issue with Cardi B winning awards, but you giving her a Spirit of Detroit award? Nah, bruh. She need to do more for the city, and you need to be ashamed. You gotta be ashamed of yourself for just handing this thing off to anybody. Because if that's the case, I want a Spirit of Detroit award next. Let's make that damn thing happen. That's right. Hashtag Spirit of Detroit J. Scott Smith. Or just J. Scott. Or whatever the case may be. We'll work that out. I'm not good on the hashtag game. I'll talk to somebody about that later. My name is J. Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. Until tomorrow on RVNTV.com. J. Scott Confidential Premieres. 
boy, let the games begin here. We'll be back with episode 55 next week. I want to thank you all again for all your support, and I'll holler at you then. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.